0: Steven's Point. Welcome back to Retrospective Aruni, a Live and Maddie podcast hosted by me, your local Live and Maddie superfan slash expert. So let's start off with Twilight Hut this week in Live and Maddie history, and then we've got a lot going on today, so we're, we're going to get this Twilight Hut pretty quickly. So, first of all, on March 1st, 2015, we saw the premiere of Muffler Aruni. I don't remember a lot of like my first experience watching this episode. I, I know that. I'm pretty sure it was, like, a night of premieres. Remember when that was a thing? When, like, Disney Channel made a big deal when there were, like, multiple episodes premiering on one night? And then that's, like, I feel like that became common, but they still were, like, night of premieres. But I feel like they don't even call it that anymore. Anyway, I think that was what was going on then. Probably I didn't do a Casey Undercover, stuff like that. I don't remember exactly. Um, I have some mixed feelings about this episode. I, I'm, I know I've talked about this before because, of course, I had to talk about Mandy the Muffler when I talked about... Liv's filmography and, and such. Um, but I probably haven't talked in heavy detail about that episode, and I'm I'm gonna still save that, but but just to give you a brief idea, I yeah, I have mixed feelings on this episode because I think Liv's plot is super funny, and I'm happy that Maddie finally gets back in the game and everything, but I also feel like Maddie should have been the primary focus of the episode because we'd been waiting for this for so long and it just felt like Liv was, for the lack of a better phrase, taking the spotlight. And I felt like that happened a lot this season, and at the time I was a little iffy on it. I remember, like, within the first few minutes being like, oh my gosh, this episode is so good, and then it it let me down a little bit towards the end, but that was just, you know, looking at it with a critical eye the first time I watched it. And going back and watching it again, it's it's one of my favorites, honestly. Um, but I, I do have a few little problems with it. Uh, also March 1st, but of 2016, this is more for me personally, that was the day of the Linda, Linda and Heather Rooney live taping, which I, of course, I've talked about a lot. I feel like I've talked about that taping more than any other taping, it's just happened to come up so much, and I will be talking about it more today, so. <laughs> uh, and then on March 3rd, 2017, Sing It Live Rooney premiered, that was a good old, midnight episode premiere and I I do remember that was one that I had to re-watch with Janelle I believe a couple days later because I remember watching My Destiny with her and Maddie's like crying and cheering backstage and Janelle and I are like same (laughs) I remember watching it by myself at midnight and then again with Janelle Saturday or Sunday uh and I remember that Friday I went to a Beach Boys concert with my friend Marissa and I like insisted on playing her My Destiny she has not watched Liv and Maddie, but she likes Dove, and I've told her that she reminds me a lot of Liv, so I would force that upon her, and, and I did. So that's your Twylam We've got a really cool episode for you today. This is another one of those two-parter episodes, but for the very first time, each part has a guest. Each part has a separate interview, separate guest. So I'm going to hand it off to myself to introduce our first guest. So take it away, me. Today we have our first returning guest. You previously heard her in recurring characters, Rooney, and you may remember her as the world's biggest Krog fan. We even mentioned wanting to do this episode in that episode, as I thought Katie would be the perfect person to join me in discussing the fashion of Liv and Maddie. Among her qualifications are previously working at Kate Spade, from which she got a card holder for me with the letters BW inscribed on it for Bam What and dragging me into the Sephora and Downtown Disney on countless occasions. So please welcome back Katie Titus. Hello, I'm so happy to be back on Retrospective Aruni. Yes, we're happy to have you back. So of course, today is all about fashion, the fashion of Livin' Maddie. And like I said, Katie is more than qualified to talk about this with me. She's probably more qualified than I am. I (laughs) bring the Livin' Maddie. She brings the fashion as well as the Livin'
1: Maddie. Yeah, I mean, you have such a great knowledge of the show and I think you have a really good knowledge of how the fashion can like be part of the story of the show Uh, but I come from it as somebody who you know to a certain extent watches trends and studies trends and has worked in the industry so I'm very excited to talk about this beautiful little mid-2010s time capsule that we find ourselves in.
0: Yes well thank you for your kind words and I think we're a good balance we We both bring different things and that's why we're a good combo for this episode. So the way we're going to do this, we're going to go through a couple specific episodes where fashion was like a big focus and discuss each of those. And then we're going to go through a few specific characters. We're going to focus on a few main ones that we think have important things as far as fashion to talk about. So jumping right into it, we're going to go in chronological order with our episodes here. I think this is probably the most fashion focused episode of the entire show. Uh, Of course, this is Shu Aruni inner sparkle this is probably the funniest episode of season one definitely one of the funniest episodes of the show first things first we got to talk about the shoes
1: the the perfect pumps as Liv dubs them that's right I laugh uh hearing that because no teenager past perhaps 2016 would be caught dead wearing those pumps And by the way, if I make statements about trends or make statements about articles of clothing that I think are now off-trend or no one would wear those anymore, please take that with a grain of salt. It's a generalization. If you see those pumps and you're like, I would wear those to work every single day, you do you, boo. I love that. I'm talking about more on a macro level. uh, As we got into the late 2010s, shoes like that for teenagers, aggressively fell out of fashion so those shoes are very much a moment in time and i think that's actually kind of wonderful because there are many fashion experts who would argue that the perfect pair of pumps is something like a nude patent leather or maybe a red stiletto or something you know a red stiletto heel that can bear the weight of a full-grown man You'll you'll get that one, Amanda. I did. Yeah, (laughs) Kinky Boots. Uh, Great show. But so the fact that Liv Rooney sees this pair of pumps that are bright teal, completely sequined, two and a half inch, which is actually kind of a moderate heel, especially for Liv. um, Especially for just Dove Cameron as an existence. I don't know if I've seen her in anything shorter than a four inch
0: heel she is a small person she is a
1: small person one of
0: our favorite quotes we are going to talk about cowbell later but I don't wear flats and she doesn't lose she really doesn't wear flats
1: there there was a scene where I saw Liv wearing flats and I was like oh I didn't write it down so I can't remember which scene I feel like it's even in Cowbell Rooney at some point but I saw her wearing flats and I was like what is this? Anyway, who are <laughs> you? But it's
0: a rare occurrence.
1: Yes. And so those pumps are bright turquoise, teal. They are covered in sequins. They're two and a half inches. They have that little like sling back ankle strap to them and, a, and they're open toe with a giant bow kind of across the top of the foot. Um, and that style is just very of the time when the show was filming and when the show aired again that kind of style has not been in fashion especially with teenagers probably since like 2016 uh and I kind of love that I love that this perfect pair of pumps is so emblematic of the time but yeah so seeing those shoes in that episode it felt very much like you know, the, the 90s and the Spice Girl pumps, the 80s and the heels with leg warmers, the 70s and the go-go boots. Like It felt like, gosh, if you had to pick a pair of shoe that a teenage girl at this point in time would go, that's the perfect shoe. They, they really did it. So I absolutely love that. Um, I love Liv's outfit when she's first introducing the shoes. Um, we see Liv in a lot of circle skirts, especially in season one. Those are those skirts that Liv wears that kind of have a bit of structure. They come out from her body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they're skirts that hang kind of looser and have less fabric. Those are called skater skirts. So circle skirts have the structure to them. And circle skirts were everywhere at that time. I had a, I think I had like two or three circle skirts at the time. So been there, done that. And yeah, circle skirts are a big thing that we see uh, throughout the series with Liv.
0: Uh,
1: I love her
0: attending the game outfit. As do I. And we're, we're going to talk more about this later. But the fact that it's it's a really nice outfit, which I feel like is really nice to wear to a high school basketball game. Uh, but that's Liv, that's Liv Rooney for you. And we're going to talk more later about how uh, she often dresses like... A lot nicer than she needs to but again that's very in character for her it it incredibly
1: is uh and then the other thing about shoes rooney is um maddie's intervention outfit not only does she need an intervention about the shoes i think she needs an (laughs) intervention about the entire outfit like the mustard gold paisley pants that was a time that's almost a little ahead of time because paisley was not in at the time but it's like making a comeback um but the mustard gold for one that's just not flattering with the skin tone going on and the top uh with kind of the the bluey yellowy snake skin print printing unnecessary amounts of animal print on things was very common back then so I'm not surprised um but that busy top with the statement necklace that Maddie wears is not the the move and the the peplum top shape um was truly something that was very popular back then again I had a peplum top there's a picture of me still on my Instagram from 2014 going to see sister act in a peplum top can you explain to me what a peplum top is yeah so um and i'll see if we have one in the screenshots of our document as well but a peplum top is basically a top that is tight to the waist but then okay. as soon as it hits your waist it flares out
0: so were you saying that was what maddie was wearing in the yes intervention? that's what maddie's wearing because okay, i can picture that scene
1: Um, Yeah, and if you look at the picture of uh, Josh and Liv and Gemma on the set of Voltage with the ice in the background, that's kind of a peplum top that Liv is wearing. Gotcha. And she's doing it well. Maddie is doing it not well. Which is in character. Yeah, that's the thing is that outfit does not work even in the slightest and it's so in character. Like it absolutely works. I think the outfit is completely atrocious and it works, um, especially because like earlier we see her trying to play supermodel and she's got all manner of mess. I was going to say, I her. need to hear
0: your thoughts on that outfit because that I feel like is is a very important part of this episode in addition it's, to the shoes themselves.
1: It's just truly a mess. It is truly a mess. And it's supposed to be. Yes, it's supposed
0: to be. but She's got I, like blue lipstick or something. Blue
1: lipstick, like a feather boa. If I, like she looks more like a five-year-old trying to play dress up with stuff her mom doesn't wear anymore. Um, which makes sense because this is Maddie's kind of first time tapping into her inner sparkle. You know, girlier girls, we tap into our inner sparkle at a very young age. I was getting my mother's car covered in glitter from my Disney princess dresses from, like, my earliest memories. So um, so it makes sense that Maddie kind of doesn't know how to feel fabulous. Um, which is kind of a shame because, honestly, if Maddie were to just wear a simple black tee with some nice, clean you know, high-waisted jeans or something and a cute, like, jacket, she could add those shoes in and instantly just add a little bit of sparkle to a very plain outfit. But I think because her sister's live, she thinks she has to go very maximalist with everything, yeah. like patterned pants, patterned top, statement necklace, and these sparkly shoes. And it's like, no, restraint. And that's honestly something we see with Liv over the course of the show is I think her fashion does get more and more restrained in like a good way in like a grown up elegance way and I think we especially see that like in Callie style and stuff. I but think that like makes sense that Liv is incredibly maximalist and Maddie thinks that's the only way to rock these
0: shoes. I feel like they kind of and one could also say this on broader terms outside of just fashion but like they start out at both extremes and then they both like kind of come closer I'm moving my hands just picture this listeners (laughs) Uh, (laughs) they both like kind of mellow out and come closer to the middle and and I think that's because they're together and they they have influence on each other whereas when they were apart they kind of you know grew apart um but tying that back into fashion of course that does actually tie back into the end of this episode where Liv's like luckily you have a sister who can guide you through all things sparkly (laughs) this is strawberry lip gloss don't do do
1: not eat it (laughs) I I have been through that uh or like been through something similar um like my my girlfriend has smelled my scented chapstick and been like is this edible
0: (laughs) i'm like no no it's not to remind all our listeners i think we maybe we talked about this in the last episode uh, and this is very, you may have been able to figure this out on your own, but this is very relevant to the fashion episode, especially in the fashion regard. Katie is very much a live. I am very much a Maddy. And again, this is why we balance each other out very well. So uh, yeah, and I'm just seeing it more and more through what we're talking about here. But I will say that like as someone who doesn't really like dressing up, doesn't really wear makeup, uh, sometimes I'll wear lip gloss like for a nice event or, any- or something like that. And I enjoy it because sometimes it's flavored and it's like, I don't eat it. I don't eat it, but it still is like, mm, this is nice. But that's the main things I have to
1: say about uh, about Shoe Rooney And I would agree it's one of the funniest episodes of season one. And it's definitely an episode where fashion plays a major role.
0: For sure. And I will also add that I, I really like Liv's dress at the end of the episode. And <laughs> uh, to top that look off, we have the goggles when she uh, throws the shoes in the uh what what is it like they, a wood chipper something like that yeah moving on uh, to season two pottery Rooney. when you think of it you may not immediately think of fashion but if we jump from maddie's like a plot to Liv and karen's b plot this is where karen is vice principal she wants to freshen up her look to be like more in hip with the kids and Liv says oh just you know find someone that inspires you and copy them and uh, karen picks Liv so it's pretty much you can sum up this plot of this episode with the spider-man meme where they're both pointing at each other uh because that's that quite literally happens in the scene and it just continues to happen so
1: um i i will come out the gate with a controversial take i know it's incredible i mean it's incredibly 80s to wear shoulder pads and we should probably never bring them back but karen's power suit
0: kind well, of a serve. let's not forget they technically were weren't shoulder pads they were Parker socks but yeah oh right <laughs>
1: well whether it's your son's socks or shoulder pads those can those can die in the 80s but Karen in a power suit if Karen had just kept that suit for another like few more years like into like 2018 2019 people would have totally said that's a serve Um, I feel like Karen
0: was often ahead of her time
1: she was behind enough that she just had to wait until it was ahead enough that behind was cool again that's a good point
0: I saw this TikTok where, huh, what episode was it? I think it's Kokoroony where Liv thinks Reggie has a crush on her and Karen's yes. like, he was vibing you. And she's like, nobody says vibing, but now everyone does. Now, so. every-
1: yeah, exactly. Um, and Amanda, I, I don't know if I briefed you on this concept, but there's a concept in fashion called the 20 year rule where roughly every 20 years, trends come back. Uh, so for example uh, you might have noticed like especially in the latter half of the 2010s there was a huge amount of nostalgia for the 1990s right not not just in like makeup and fashion but in everything like we got remakes of 90s movies people realized that the goofy movie is a masterpiece which Which we knew all along we've been new But you get what I mean. There was this 90s nostalgia. Disney had like the the 90s night or whatever. like
0: Something called Clueless the Musical.
1: Yeah. So there was a lot of 90s nostalgia in the 2010s, especially in the second half of
0: the 2010s. Personally, I was very excited that Fanny Packs came back.
1: Yeah. So that's like part of it. That that was the 20-year rule in action right there. Um, Mom jeans coming back. That those came back in a big way. Um, roller lip gloss and tube lip gloss came back in a big way. I have like two or three tubes of tube lip gloss in my vanity right now. So Karen what just kind of should have waited until the 20-year rule came into effect because, um, you know, back in the 2000s there was a lot of inspiration from the 80s but eventually that would have come back again so I'm saying like her her fashion has potential to serve she just has to be in the right time to serve. Sense. I do agree that it was a little bit stuffy for a high school vice principal and she did need some style help. I wrote down that one of my favorite lines is uh, I have been looking for the perfect <laughs> jean jacket and that's going to take me at least a couple of months uh, because if that is so the truth that is so true
0: you're more than Uh, welcome to share our little addition to that
1: yes but first (laughs) I'll like explain that so denim jackets can be it can really be notoriously hard to find a good one because denim especially fresh denim when it's not worn in has a rigidity to it it's got to fit right across your chest it's got to hit your waist or hips in the right way that flatters your torso. So finding a good denim jacket is actually very, very hard. That's why uh, our good friend, Jack Douglas, John's videos known to the world as Jack's films on YouTube. That's why he uh, created that iconic video where he said to his wife, you shouldn't wear denim jackets. They're not flattering for your body type. Uh, finally giving his wife honest feedback. <laughs> uh because denim jackets are notoriously hard to fit
0: what I like about that is that like I would have never understood the deeper meaning behind that had you not explained it but I remember when that episode first came out and that line still made me laugh so like what I what I often say about the writing about the show is that like if there's a deeper meaning or if it's like a reference to like another show or or movie or something you get it but even if you don't get that you can still laugh at it it can still be funny
1: Good comedy is good comedy no matter how you slice it or dice it. Another notable outfit in that particular episode is when they show up both wearing the same choice outfit. That's what I'll say. Uh, I think it's the first day they both show up at school. Not when they're wearing the prom dress, when they're wearing the outfit. So they got a bright green dress with purple hosiery underneath. Which, by the way, colorful hosiery is making a comeback. But back then it was not back. Uh, a pink waist cinching belt and a teal cropped cardigan. And that teal cropped cardigan hurt me personally because I think I have the exact same teal cropped cardigan hanging in my closet that I bought at around the same time. Black and white wedges. I, I wrote that down. And I do love the dress, like the prom dress that they both uh, wind up wearing i genuinely love that dress with like the silver embroidery like the mermaid style um like silhouette i think that's something that people would still wear today absolutely uh that's something you could definitely see you know at a high school prom so i think that is a beautiful beautiful dress that they both wear and they both pull it off joseph rooney is also serving in this episode he's wearing a little green cardigan in um in i think one of the school scenes and he looks very cute it's kind of a serve i like it um his perrito shirt <laughs> we'll, we'll get into joey's cat shirts Liv wears a white blouse that has kind of a peter pan collar that has some shimmer on it very that era uh i blame zoella almost exclusively for the rise of the peter pan collar um she was a british youtuber that was very popular from like 2010 to 2014 and she wore lots of peter pan collars almost like kind of schoolgirl style like that Mm -hmm. was her thing She was really big on Peter Pan collars and cardigans and stuff. It was brought back in the strangest way during that era. Like, you couldn't just wear a Peter Pan collar that, like, matched your shirt. No, it had to be a Peter Pan collar in a different color than your shirt. It had to have embroidery. It had to have sequins. It had to have stones. It had to have accessories. Like, you couldn't just wear a shirt with a Peter Pan collar back then. No, the collar had to be, like, the focus of the outfit very strange but I do love that Liv is wearing a purple skirt and teal tights in that particular outfit because those are the colors of the fighting but I almost said buttersticks porcupines.
0: <laughs> I mean, I love that episode justice for Bobby Butterstick <laughs> I love the episode where they change the school oh, but yeah like I will we'll probably talk more about this later That I love that the school colors are often incorporated into their outfits like maddie is kind of obvious if we're talking about like the letterman jacket or obviously her basketball uniform but even like Liv and karen and pete like will incorporate the school colors especially if it's like a school event or something like that oh my gosh the iconic
1: um season two finale outfit yes
0: beautiful we will talk more about that too but they don't even really talk about it they don't say like i'm wearing school colors because it's a special day like it's very subtle but it works and like it's noticeable
1: because the show is
0: good at show don't tell absolutely
1: (laughs) after all the chaos of this episode i do love where karen ends up she's wearing like a little colorful button-up blouse clean black jeans chunky heel booties and a black and gold necklace i love that Clean jeans and a pair of chunky heel booties will rarely ever go out of style. It just kind of depends on the cut of the jean and will never do you wrong. You know, chunky heel booties are thick enough that you still feel supported when you walk. But especially working in a school, you know, heels kind of signal you're coming and it's time for the students to get it together. <laughs> yep. Um, jeans is very, pra- like clean jeans, obviously no rips, no tears, blah, blah, blah. Uh, is very practical for someone who works in a school who might be running around to different events and needs something comfortable, but still looks
0: professional. Moving on a little bit further in season two, this episode, they don't really talk about the fashion, but the fashion is notable. This is Matcharuni, which has the gals gala. They don't really talk about the outfits that much, but obviously we see everyone's dance fashion so let's jump right into it
1: I I love this episode both from a fashion standpoint and thematically I love that right off the bat we see Liv's influence from pottery on Karen I love that because at the beginning Karen is wearing a green a-line knee-length sleeveless dress with a black belt guess what I literally have that outfit in my closet
0: right now you keep saying this and it's giving me ideas for disney bounds
1: ah yes i have worn it on local television i have worn it for job interviews never fails me um so yeah she's wearing that with a black belt nude heels and subtle gold jewelry it's very live but it's a more restrained live especially more restrained than what we're seeing from live at this point in her fashion journey so i love that like it it's confident it's commanding it's colorful which a lot of adults really struggle with i feel like as we get older we shy away more and more from color um which is a shame because for one kali looks amazing in green she looks great in green she's you know looking good but she's showing you know she's in a dress she can have fun so i love that i love lives confessional outfit so she's got the side ponytail, the heart necklace, her heart blouse, a yellow cardigan It's very cute.
0: It's I great. love ponytails on Liv. And when in our second part of this episode, when, when I talk to our other guest, we are going to talk about how they every once in a while they were able to have like the twins have because, you know, Maddie is usually has the ponytail. Liv usually has her hair down, but every once in a while they would mix it up. Uh, but they had to they couldn't do that very often but this was an episode where they definitely could because the twins didn't interact at all in this episode so I don't think it really mattered uh, but Liv's just super cute in a ponytail like <laughs> I know that sounds a little silly because that's literally the same actress who plays Maddie just take the glasses off but bear with me I but I
1: will say Liv's ponytails and Liv's updos are very different than Maddie's right, ponytails for sure. and Maddie's updos. So yeah. Maddie- it's Maddie's very practical.
0: M- I need yeah. my hair back to play.
1: Yeah, Maddie, it's a practical ponytail, lives. It's a, I am here to be Ariana Grande, deal with
0: it. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned the heart necklace, the heart blouse. This, of course, is the episode where she is referred to as the queen of hearts. Uh, and it shows in, in multiple outfits that we see in this episode. And in that first outfit that she wears in this episode, she's got some more school colors going on. So uh, that's great. Uh, I really like the outfit she's wearing when she sends Willow in in the chicken costume to ask Artie out. Now, obviously, Willow's chicken costume is the superior outfit. Iconic. Like, you know, Iconic. I would wear that to school every day if I could. Uh, but yeah, we got some more Queen of Hearts elements going on. But I I thought the shoes were a little weird because she has like teal shoes when the rest of her outfit is very red didn't really match, um, but I still thought it was really cute. I can't remember exactly what
1: shirt I'm referring to, but I have a note here that says, Joey's shirt with the flamingos looks like the carpet of a Chuck E. Cheese. And anybody who's about our age, uh, we're both, well, she's 24, I'm 23. Uh, You know exactly what I'm talking about when I say the carpet of a Chuck E. Cheese. A powerful
0: rat named Charles. (laughs) A
1: powerful rat named Charles Entertainment Cheese, who didn't have the budget to get decent carpeting. Joey wears quite a bit of lovely outfits throughout the show. That I look at that and I go, Joseph, my dear, you're not straight. (laughs) I don't know how to tell you this. And of course, that anyone of any orientation can dress however they want, but. A lot of the outfits I see from Joey, I, I just go, mm, that's a baby gay, and I love him for
0: it. We're just speaking from personal experience, and
1: yeah, my my father was all concerned when I started wearing flannels and combat boots, and I was like, no, dad, I don't like girls. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> a couple years later, I came out as bisexual. Uh, so, you know, fashion. Signals things that even sometimes you yourself don't know. But yeah, I agree that all throughout this episode, Liv looks absolutely lovely. Her little heart themes and kind of the Valentine's
0: vibes. Again, I love all of her outfits in this episode, but definitely the outfit that she actually wears to the dance would be my favorite in the episode and probably one of my all-time favorites of hers and another nice little ponytail speaking of outfits that we that we have I that reminded me I think of my high school graduation dress looked pretty similar to that uh and that was like six months after this episode aired so again trends of the time yeah
1: definitely yeah and I'm looking I'm looking again at uh Liv's outfit when Willow is in the chicken and yeah it's adorable but yeah, that waist cinching belt and that long necklace—we we love the trends of the time. We love the trends of the time, and that dress of silhouette that she wears at the Gals Gala was very popular back then, and it's still like very popular. But it's less popular for formal wear. Willow's dress that you see in the same screenshot is a little bit more timeless. Like that's a silhouette that women will always choose for formal wear. and And I think that's very indicative of their characters as well like Liv is like on the trend she keeps her finger on the pulse. she knows fashion but Willow like I think she probably sees like what her mother wears what other women in her family wear so she's going to go with more timeless styles plus uh the style of dress that Willow's wearing is very flowy and very you know lots of room to move so she can dance and fight and <laughs> run after joey or yeah she wants to which do. she
0: does and and take it break down the uh titanium box yeah even. it may be bulletproof but it's not willow proof that's right moving on a similar episode where fashion is talked about a little bit in like one little scene here but it's not really the focus but it's still very prevalent it is of course prom rooney because all these kids go to prom and of course are dressing up so uh
1: first we gotta get out of the way best dressed person at that prom crog the insidious
0: <laughs> obviously
1: obviously iconic you know the the boots the coat the, the skinny jeans, like Hot Topic called, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, um, My Chemical <laughs> Romance called, that goth kid sitting in the back of your classroom called, Ebony Darkness Dementia <laughs> Ray of My Immortal Fame called, like, they want their clothes back. Um, so yeah, let, we'll get that out of the way. The eyeliner's on point the the gel is wild the fringe is straight like like because alternative slash goth slash edgy style people assume it's always been the same when in fact it definitely has not and so even that style you know the kind of alternative style has changed since the show premiered has changed since this episode aired Those big chunky platform boots that you see Krog in are not as popular with the alternative crowd. And if they are, it's actually more in women's wear as like platform heels. So even even in the alternative fashion, this show is a time capsule but I just wanted to get my, my boy
0: got to get your little Crog rave out of the way.
1: I got to get my Crog rave out of the way, you know, pay respects to our forever boy, Cameron. We miss you. Um, and yeah, Crog is the best dressed person at the porcupine prom.
0: So when we're we going to were... get that out of the way when we were going through episodes to watch i think i think prom was the first one we watched you're like well we should watch prom i'm like you're just saying that because you want to watch the Krog episode you're like no no it serves multiple purposes it both works for this and you have an excuse to watch crog so
1: <laughs> another thing we noticed in the prom episode uh was holden and andy they look just lovely um andy's sparkly ballet flats because i think she wears like a black dress with these sparkly ballet flats
0: but don't forget we got to give live some credit because uh
1: oh yeah she comes in and looks oh such a mess so come to think of it those ballet flats are probably lives yeah um which makes sense because those are very 2013 very 2014 like ballet flats uh kind of rose up along with the circle skirts and the peter pan collars and stuff at that point but they yeah and they were like the peter pan collars they were usually sparkly the thing was to have like a black sparkly peter pan collar and black sparkly flats preferably a black sparkly purse oh you were the it girl if you had that Uh, i know you noted in here but holden is the only guy not wearing a black suit
0: he was wearing red right
1: yeah, like a maroon kind of color. Mm-hmm.
0: And I love it. Because when, we when we were doing our research, you know, anytime, the, uh, I mean, speaking for myself, anytime the shot changed, I'm like, all right, let's look at everyone's outfits. And we were like, wow, okay, so everyone here is wearing a black suit. And then I'm like, except Holden. So how to spot the main character in the anime? <laughs> My goodness, honestly.
1: <laughs> but of course, the most important fashion in the episode is what the twins wear to prom. Um, so Liv wears again, a dress that is so very of the time. And I love it. It's got a high, low silhouette. You know, the dress is shorter in the front and longer in the back. That was very common. I would say from like 2010 to 2015 was the high, low silhouette. Um, it, it was great for elongating your legs, but. When you're me and you look like Big Bird already, (laughs) uh, not the most flattering on me. It's got a dropped waist, so it's a little bit lower because the skirt is so voluminous. It's kind of got a balloon skirt that I would call because it's very, like, almost full of air and, again, very voluminous. I love that the skirt is the rose floral. I think that's so pretty, and it's very, very live. Um, I love that she's wearing like a little statement necklace that goes with her silver cuff. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful dress. Again, it's, it's of its time. Uh, the high-low silhouette definitely went out of fashion for the most part. And the balloon hem uh, is, again, still, is still not very in. Um, ruching and other forms of fabric gathering were more popular at the time. So I could almost feel like Liv purposely chose a balloon kind of skirt because not many other girls at the prom would be wearing it
0: it, it be- is also important to note that she was performing uh yeah and she technically wasn't even going to prom she picked a
1: very good dress for the occasion i think she could have gone more maximalist but again i think as a performer she knew she needed to kind of pull it back a little bit because she was going to be on stage and i know you love living an updo and I, I think this one's beautiful. It is. The way that they've kind of pulled her hair back into a bun and left her like a little fringe or like her little side bang kind of hanging, but it's very polished. It's very clean. Maddie wears a sleeveless kind of A-line knee length dress in a fat in what I would guess. Obviously, I'd have to feel it with my hands, but I'm guessing is a fabric called Ponte or Ponte. I- I've only ever seen it written out, actually, but I think it's Ponte. Um, which was a fabric that was used a lot in like casual formal wear. Uh, during that point, Kate Spade sold a lot of Ponte dresses. I almost bought them until I realized the fabric was not very flattering on me. It is really good at giving a more feminine shape to athletic body types because it really clings to everything. But uh, if, if you don't have a super athletic body shape, It clings to everything. (laughs) So that's what makes it a little bit hard to pull off. I like the alternating stripes in black and sparkly maroon. It's a little bit of inner sparkle without being too crazy. Um, Makes sense that Maddie would wear the color of morning to go to the prom with Krog. (laughs) Um, It is funny, though, because Krog is wearing black and she's wearing black. They're like kind of matching. Um, She probably
0: didn't want it to seem too, you know. Off balance.
1: And again, color of mourning. Uh or he may have
0: insisted that she wear something like that.
1: Right? Who knows? Uh, but I like that she's wearing sneakers, kind of a callback to the pilot when she wears sneakers to go to the dance with Big Bert Schmigbert. (laughs) Um, and again, it's kind of a callback to earlier, you know, Disney women like Demi Lovato and stuff like that, who like to wear a dress and converse together. Uh, So I think both the girls look beautiful for prom.
0: Um, I think it's very indicative of their style. I will say specifically about Maddie kind of just branching off of what you said is that like in, of course, the iconic line in the first episode, I put a dress on do not push it. Uh, But here, like she doesn't protest it. She's still like, in the first episode, she tries the heels and she's like, no, I'm wearing sneakers here. She's just, you know, goes to sneakers right away, assuming there wasn't anything else happening that we didn't see um so i think she's just becoming more comfortable with what she's okay with and what she isn't and you know steps a little bit into that inner sparkle but is more restrained than she was when you know she kind of lashed out and she so yeah definitely shows that uh development and coming into her own
1: and coming and again kind of coming off the edge of that extreme and being more okay with nuance and neutrality
0: Mm -hmm. one more specific episode to talk about again Fashion may not be the first thing that comes to your mind when you talk about this episode, but you got to think of the B plots. This is Cowbellarony, which i
2: like
0: the universally accepted best episode of the show. And we are going to be talking about that plenty more. We wanted to watch this because it's a great display of many of his cat shirts because it's like, okay, where, you know, we wanted to find cat shirt pictures for reference. And it's like, okay, well, he wears them in almost every episode. What do we do? But this is a great episode where you just get a ton all in one. Uh, but there's also we also talked about the uh, fashion of the other characters in this episode as well.
1: Of course, there's so many great, so many great cat shirts. Space Cat <laughs> is an S tier T shirt that is impeccable. Um, and then
0: Space Cat 2 The legend continues.
1: I like this one with the cats riding on. Ho- is that hot dogs or sub sandwiches? I have think it's hot them?
0: dogs because Parker refers to that cat riding a hot dog.
1: Yes, and I love. Uh, Check me out. Getting to see all of them kind of in one place is wonderful.
0: The great Um, thing about the scene where Parker has them all lined up is they're all like full ensembles. Like you got cat shirt with cat pants and cat socks.
1: Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's like cat PJ pants. Sometimes it's like cat boxers or whatever.
0: But it's a full ensemble.
1: Yeah, there's one hanging there that's like closest to the house. That's just like a cat with aviation goggles on. And I'm very here for that. So not only is it crushing to hear Joey be like, I want to get rid of my cat shirts, I want to change up my look, I don't want to be cat shirt guy. But the alternative that he presents is so (laughs) gut wrenchingly sad that it physically hurts my soul. Um, So the outfit he chooses is a light gray beanie with a matching scarf, a gray pleather jacket, I can tell it's pleather, that is not real, a navy t-shirt, Black pants um, and leather, like kind of boring leather bracelets. And the way I described this is closet lesbian ordering her soy (laughs) double shot latte at the local small batch Portland, Oregon coffee shop. Again, if you are a lesbian who lives in Portland, Oregon and gets your coffee from a local coffee shop and you dress like this, I support you fully. I do not support it on Joseph Rooney. no cap i i do not support it on joseph rooney um because there is no color in this outfit it is all gray navy black very neutral tones which i mean is indicative of a chronic problem of lack of color in men's fashion i could go on a whole rant about how most men's fashion is maroon dark green navy black gray maybe if you're wearing a tie you get one pop of color and then everyone comments about how colorful your tie is um so i think it sounds like
0: johnny nimbus
1: yeah uh but so i i think it's a chronic problem like lack of color in men's fashion you know we we do have uh male celebrities trying to break that mold like lil nas x wearing hot pink um or harry styles wearing a full-blown like colorful ensemble when he performs um, even going back further in history you get pioneers like Elton John stuff like that uh, this outfit that Joey tries to wear to like look like a normal guy is not it and it's very sad because And it, but
0: it's not supposed to be it so
1: yeah and it's very sad because just a few scenes earlier he has this kind of collared cat over shirt that he wears over like a simple tee. and I'm like there you go, Joey. That's the serve. Just like get cat prints that are a little bit more subtle and you can still have your cats, but you can look a little bit more polished and grown up. And it's good that he learns that the cat shirts, there's no shame in it. And if it makes well, Parker
0: says there's a little shame, but that's okay.
1: (laughs) Parker cannot say anything when he is wearing a (laughs) t-shirt that says game changer with a video game controller and a video game controller possibly being held up by Mjolnir, Thor's hammer. That's what it looks like to me.
0: And I'm pretty sure this is one of many shirts like that. Like, I think he has a shirt that's like, eat, sleep, game, or whatever. Uh...
1: And then like that scene where he's, there's a scene where he's wearing like, a short sleeved denim jacket. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, with denim overwear, you either have to go like full jacket or just like, I don't know, be like a teenage metalhead and cut it off at the sleeves and make it like a vest.
0: That's a uh, 12 or however old he was boy for you.
1: Yeah, at least Parker has the excuse of age. Even Joey has the excuse of age. I wore some wax stuff when I was Joey's age. So...
0: I've had my nyan cat shirts and all that. Like, I know how it is.
1: That's the biggest thing with cowbell is the beautiful cat shirts. Um, there are some other little notes I made. Both Josh and Maddie wear sentimental jewelry, um, which is just another reason to stay in the mosh pit. Mosh, mosh, mosh. Mosh pit. Um, because Josh has like his little dog tag that he wears. And then Maddie has her charm bracelets. So they both wear sentimental jewelry. Which is kind of cool because it's this, like, nice little thematic connection again. That the two subtleties. Of them have. Subtleties. We see, you know, the girls on the set of uh, Voltage, and I know that you and uh, the make the hair stylist are going to get more into Skyvolt uh, subsequently. But uh, I I was thinking about Sky and I was thinking like, what kind of superhero? outfits or superhero looks is she inspired by and then as soon as i saw her outfit in that episode i went oh my god it's raven from teen titans it's raven from teen titans um and i love that because raven is a very beloved and you know especially to people in our generation like recognizable character voiced by the incomparable tara strong
0: um, and I mean, Teen Titans Go is still on now. So even kids today
1: probably. Oh, yeah. I don't it.
0: know if Raven and that has the same outfit though. I think she does, I, but don't I, quote me on that.
1: Yeah, maybe. I love the decisions they made with that. I'll let you talk about our handsome man.
0: So, so Dump Truck, uh, we've said before how much we love, we love Dump Truck. He's, I, I'll quote myself here in my notes saying he is a spiffy man.
2: He's he so He's got dirty. his
0: slick back hair, and I mean, of course, the iconic leather jackets. Matty uses the phrase "dirt bag," so let's go with that. He he's often seen as this trashy man, but he's actually very sophisticated, and he, he cares
1: about his appearance.
0: He does. And like you can he's tell, he's a too. man
1: who cleans under his fingernails.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've said before that he he has quite a way with words. He he has very eloquent dialogue, and he also cleans up he, he can dress very nicely uh and this episode has a great example of willow's recurring theme of backward caps which is just again a very perfect fit for her style yes i love that um yeah with with
1: dump truck um and this was something i just thought of uh recently so dump truck is obviously very inspired by like the godfather very inspired by, you know, kind of Italian mafia characters um, inspired by, you know, that kind of 1950s, 1960s, Northeastern Italian descent man that you love so much. A Jersey boy, if you will. A Jersey boy, if you will. Um, but what I love about Dumb Truck is his, his fashion, even though you know it's a very specific callback to that very specific point in popular culture, it feels timeless. Mm-hmm. There is a reason that Taylor Swift wrote, you've got that long hair slicked back white t-shirt, we never go out of style. Because the way that Dump Truck dresses will never go out of style. And I feel like that's almost part of why Joey adopts it when he's trying to become Falcon in season four because he knows that no matter where he goes, no matter what year it is, no matter how old he is, you dress like that and you command respect. And you know, back then, obviously I don't, I'm not old, I'm not Italian American. (laughs) I don't know a ton about their culture, but back then it was almost like a point of pride. Like, yes, I don't make an honest living. Yes, I do crime for my job but I keep myself looking nice, I keep myself clean, I keep myself presentable. And that was a point of pride in that culture, uh, p- keeping nice and your you know, your face well shaved and all that stuff.
0: I'll make my own little self-indulgent Jersey Boys connection. Like in the movie, one of the, the first scene where you see Frankie Valley, he's working at a barber shop and he's helping give Jip DiCarlo, the mob boss, a shave. So again, Indicative. It was a big that. part of the
1: culture. So, yeah, uh, in conclusion, stand dump truck.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the message of this whole podcast is just stand <laughs> dump truck. Welcome to Retrospective A Dump Truck. Yeah. We've got two purposes here stand dump truck and get John and Ron to tell us Parker's middle name. That's about it. <laughs> Those are all the specific episodes we wanted to cover. And of course, we've gone into some individual characters, but now that we're done with the episode, segment we did want to talk a little bit more about specific characters the main four that we want to talk about are in this order Maddie Joey Gemma and Liv so let's start off with Maddie
1: you have the most notes about. Well, of course this. I do
0: because I never shut up about Maddie uh but we did already talk about the the dress and the converse and like Demi Lovato and the, specifically the song Lala. La even
1: and even like Avril Lavigne like just hearkening back to those like pop rock goddesses of like the the 2000s into 2010s. Beautiful.
0: I tried to see if she does in fact wear Converse every time she wears a dress because it's not often that she wears a dress and almost every time she does. And we talked about the first episode of course where she has the heels goes up and changes them. We talked about prom. Uh it's hard to tell in Grandma Rooney at Liv's Porcupine of the Year ceremony, uh mm-hmm. they look like sneakers. She is wearing flats at Gemma and Johnny's wedding because I think she knows well enough to not wear sneakers to a wedding because uh, you know got to give her some credit she knows what she's doing and uh, that's
1: in like season three so again right. she's moving more towards neutrality and less of this extreme
0: mm-hmm. uh, and an important episode also to talk about I know we said we moved on for episodes, but like within talking about Maddie is broke Rooney, because this is when she actually acknowledges that she's trying to freshen up her look. Um, but she says like, just because I'm a jock doesn't mean I have to wear sweatpants all the time. And then Liv's like, uh, and then she's like, okay, zip it. I'm aware that I'm wearing sweats right now. So it's, and I know that that's like a simple, just little joke, but it's still indicative of, of her character. And I think it's a gradual evolution as you would mm-hmm. expect. She doesn't like uh, jump the gun because Well, when she tried to do that in season one, she realized, okay, I got to slow down. I've talked about this before, but I like that she has, like, a a very, like, she still has a bit of a feminine aura to her in the way that she dresses, like, even if it's more, more tomboyish, more jockish than Liv, it's not like uh <laughs> when we were talking about this, I I've admitted that it's like I wear graphic t-shirts and leggings and that's about it. Uh so she's a little bit more feminine than say myself uh in the way that she dresses. And I, I think that it kind of adds to like the androgyny of her character, which I've always liked about her character and I've related to, uh, even though again she's a little bit more feminine than me. Um, And it's interesting because Dove just has a very natural feminine appearance, even when she's dressed down, it's still like, you can still see it. It still shines through just the juxtaposition of that. I think really is just adds to the, you know, it's very interesting for the the visual, the visual appeal of her character. In addition to like her personality.
1: I would argue though, that if this show came out like six years after it did, like if it was on TV now. I think we would see Maddie looking a lot more androgynous and looking a lot more along the lines of something like a Billie Eilish. Yeah. I I think she'd be wearing like the big oversized graphic hoodies and everything because that is a big piece of alternative women's fashion or like you know, athleisure became a massive trend, like, right after this show finished airing, basically, which is a shame because we could have seen live in some banging athleisure. <laughs> Even with the 90s coming back, um, the way that they did in the latter half of the 2010s, I could see Maddie wearing outfits very similar to what we saw on, like, Aaliyah when she was alive and in the height of her popularity. Like, sports bras with a big, you know, sports jacket and a, and a big pair of baggy pants. So, I feel like Maddie's style would be dramatically different if the show had aired even just a few years later. So it really adds the time capsule of the show.
0: For sure. So you brought up an interesting point of her fashion evolution and how it changes uh, because we have a lot of thoughts and so we've talked about Mosh Pit. We have a lot of thoughts about Mosh versus Miggy, which we've touched upon to some extent, um, but it is, it is interesting to see how her fashion changes when she's dating diggy versus dating josh so
1: i'm a firm believer that if if you are a person who feels romantic attraction if you're if that's your vibe that's your existence um how you dress changes depending on who you're who you're with whether you perceive that or not um i've seen that in myself like uh, you know how i've changed my hair In my various relationships. When I was looking back and I noticed like how Maddie's style changes, not only does again she go from one extreme to kind of more neutral, especially as we get into season four, but I noticed that when she's dating Diggy, her style is even sportier than we see at almost any other point in the show. Um, It's also like I think rather modest, which was also like the thing for sporty girls at the time. Like there's a point where she's wearing a t shirt with a camisole underneath it. Very of the time. I was also wearing t shirts with camisoles underneath them. I think that does change once we get into Callie's style because I think she grows more into her own style and she can just kind of dress however she wants, even though she's dating Diggy. And she also Diggy's not there. So it also was quite depressing to see her put on the Tundra Banian outfit in New Year's Eve or Rooney only to have her think that like her sister kissed her boyfriend.
0: Oh, uh, that's the whole thing.
1: <laughs> that that plotline questionable. What 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 was the reason other than to cause unnecessary twin drama? So that was just something that I noticed with Maddie is when she's with Diggy, she's a lot sportier and when Diggy's not around, I feel like she gets a little bit more feminine and a little bit more playful. Um and and it makes sense because she and Diggy are like like competitiveness is like or like being athletes together is like part of their relationship. Right. So it makes sense that she should be ready to, you know, dunk on him literally and figuratively. <laughs> Uh, whenever possible, we endorse dunking on Dick Bert Smalls. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that that was just something I noticed with Maddie. But I like your point about how both Live and Maddie kind of start in these extremes and then make their way towards neutrality.
0: Mm-hmm. So, talking a little bit more about Brokey Varuni, uh, this is an episode in which Maddie has pigtails, and. I, I think you said that you were a fan of the pigtails I don't something about it like I feel like they were higher up than I feel like if they were lower down they would have looked yes
1: I, I agree with you in that sentiment they should have been a little bit pulled closer to the scalp mm-hmm. and a little bit lower down because I think what's weird about these particular ponytails is they come out so far and then come down
0: yeah and um, there which... may have been some practical reasoning for that because this was an episode in which the twins were interacting quite a bit, actually. Or uh, there might
1: have been a microphone issue, right? Or something
0: there. Yeah. So there, there, could have been something going on there. Not, not to dig too deep into that, but I think <laughs> the way I and I've said this before, I think Maddie and pigtails is cute in theory, but not necessarily in practice, because Dove Cameron is very cute in pigtails, like Kayla Morgan in the movie Cloud Nine has pigtails, very cute.
1: Um, is a ski resort movie
0: yes oh
1: she looks so pretty in that movie
0: yeah I could I could go on about Kayla Morgan's fashion which is a very much a thing she's even referred to as like the glamour girl and all that uh but we've got another uh live in a braid here so (laughs) I know (laughs) we're talking about Maddie but I have to point that out (laughs) no
1: yeah Liv's got the little side braid it's so cute it's It's very like 2010 Taylor Swift and I'm very here for it
0: And of course, you mentioned the sentimental jewelry when talking about uh, when talking about Mosh. And what's funny is that I never really noticed that she has these M earrings that she wears a lot until we did this recent uh, rewatch of the show. And I don't have pierced ears. So if I wanted to add that to my cosplay, they would have to be fake if. if assuming that's a thing um but interesting to note if i do want to bring that cosplay back but of course the twin charms i've talked about the twin charms before and i'm a sucker for that because i'm a sucker for the twin fluff but again talking about like the visual juxtaposition and the subtleties combined with like the actual dialogue and the personality of the characters it's really fascinating to see the episodes where she is like actively angry at lib but you see she is still wearing the twin charms while like yelling at Liv or like complaining about Liv or something it, again just the juxtaposition of that and it it says something about her character that um is very very true the fact that she can get really fed up with her but she still loves her and she knows that they're always going to come back to um caring about each other and stuff And
1: I but. will say as someone who wears sentimental jewelry you do kind of feel naked without it like I'm not wearing any of my necklaces right now because I did a yoga workout before uh, filming this but normally I wear sentimental jewelry I have um, necklaces of my zodiac sign I have necklaces for my girlfriend I have a necklace with my name on it and if I'm not wearing one of those necklaces especially when I go into work go into work I go down <laughs> to my living room to work I feel naked
0: and then you have the whole you know upcycle where she realizes she's not wearing it it's like super important to her she has to find it that's the that's a whole thing which we have talked about before uh but yeah and and the, what it symbolizes and in the first episode they just kind of say that like oh we have these matching charm bracelets but an upcycle we find out it was a, a gift from Liv to Maddie to like help them feel closer when they're apart uh and the fact that I, now I'm just rambling about the twin charms but like the fact that Liv has a necklace and Maddie has a bracelet it's like it shows that like they're slightly different but they're still the same mm-hmm. uh at their core it's just ugh. <laughs> I love me some twin fluff so uh moving on from Maddie as much as it pains me to do that um we got we've already talked a lot about Joey and his cat shirts um and If you didn't already know this, Joey wearing cat shirts was very much inspired by Joey Bragg in real life and the fact that he loves cats and when they initially developed his character. And I've talked a lot before how much I love how... The, the cast and crew found ways to find this middle ground between the actor and the character and found ways to incorporate a lot of real life things about the actors into their characters. And that was that was a big thing, especially developing Joey apart from Sticky, his character in Bits and Pieces, who was a much different character. But yeah, they realized that Joey Bragg is a character in, an, in and of himself. So like, let's make a character around who he really is. And it, it totally worked out for them. I uh, love it. I don't remember who this was. I don't think it was you or Lee. I think I was watching with my Disney Channel Discord when we watched all the Halloween episodes and someone pointed out that Ui, Joey's like clone, is wearing a fish shirt instead of a cat shirt. And I thought that was really funny.
1: <laughs> He's a Pisces. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: uh, and if I had to pick my favorite cat shirt, uh, the one in Space Werewolves Rooney, Space Werewolf Rooney, when... Maddie comes home from the game and you find out that she tore her ACL and such he's wearing a shirt of a cat in a banana and that one has always stood out to me as just immaculate I
1: I think out of all the ones that I can remember check me out is my favorite
0: that's that's very good
1: very iconic
0: and of course Perito gets a special mention as well
1: yes of course
0: the other character we want to talk about as we mentioned is Gemma Gemma and- We talked about this in the recurring characters episode that uh, during this rewatch for for me personally, I paid a lot more attention to her fashion and noticed like how unique it was and how it's very business casual, but also at the same time, like you can tell she's like a fandom person, a fangirl, if you will. And Uh, she's a creative Right. Uh, Because again, you have me who wears graphic t-shirts all the time. Like I I wear business casual when I have to, obviously I'm not in her position of being a director. Um, And, but when I wear business casual, I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, I can't, incorporate my, my fandoms into this and like in the Disney college program last year they're like we want you to dress business casual for our, our classes but we also you know feel free to find ways to incorporate you know your Disney fandom into that and some people Disney it and stuff and I was like oh I'm totally gonna do that and then the DCP got shut down <laughs> so I probably Pandemic. would have done- had I been given more time I probably would have found ways to be be more like Gemma but the fact that she doesn't just say like oh, okay, you know, I have to dress up for this thing. Guess I can't have my fan to be a part of my outfit. She says, no, I'm going to make it part of my outfit, which, you know, is the aggressive Gemma way. Uh, But she's also not unprofessional. And just, again, even though I wear graphic t-shirts all the time, I know that there's a time and place that I shouldn't be wearing them and I don't. Uh, And she's not like that. She just shows up wearing something she shouldn't. It's It's a very nice balance. Uh, sometimes to give you examples of what what it can be sometimes it's a graphic t-shirt under a blazer sometimes it's a blazer and a nice shirt but with some buttons on there uh it's a nice variety and it's very cool
1: I love the outfit with the red blazer and then the kind of pop art collared button-up shirt underneath with the pop art lips I love that it's very like Warhol Campbell soup cans and I love it um Yeah. I love Gemma style. And one thing I will say is like, when you are creative and you work in an industry like Hollywood, or even if you work in something like graphic design, or you work in the music industry, you're allowed to play more fast and loose with what you can wear. Mm -hmm. Um, just as a, as a rule, especially if you are in a creative position, because you want to show your creativity kind of through your, um, through what you show to people that's why you know my resume as a business graduate is in aerial size 12 <laughs> all black single spaced and my roommate carrie hers is designed with a color scheme and different font sizes and you know things of that nature because she wants to show her creative side it's not wacky but it's it's more creative than ariel size 12 um
0: I have yes. to add something to that. Uh, my resume, I mean, I have a couple variants on it, uh, you know, depending on what I'm applying for. Yeah. Uh, but I do have a version in purple and blue. And I was having uh, one of my mom's coworkers help me uh, format that because he has some programs that are good with that. And I said, can you make it purple and blue? And he said, do you mean the same? Like, do you want it to be the same colors as your podcast? I'm like, was it that obvious that it's live and matty colors that I wanted? Stunning. Uh, um, I just have a, I have a brand. I'm, I'm aware of it and I- I embrace it
1: <laughs> i yeah but you know for me working in kind of the marketing business world right sometimes they're allowed to be creative but it's easier to play on the safe side for your resume and just do ariel size 12 single spaced it, it gets a little bit boring but you know
0: and yeah like if gemma wanted to be a bit more casual she probably could be but i think this is the way that she wants to be seen Uh, she wants to intimidate people let's you know there's no denying that why do
1: you think she does look at me closer of course
0: (laughs) she wants people to know she's in charge she has no shame in admitting that uh and again i think that shows
1: yeah she like listens to boss b by doja cat every morning when she gets ready definitely yeah so i i love i love gemma style it's great
0: and this is another great example of subtleties, where, like I said, I didn't really notice it the first time around uh, because watching the episodes for the first time, I was much more tied up in the story. But now that I'm noticing this, looking back at it, like, okay, obviously, like Joey's cat shirts were a point of the story, but it, they did that in, in a good in a good way. It was like, <laughs> I'm glad that that was incorporated. That like didn't have to be a subtlety, but there are some things that work better more subtly uh such as Gemma's fashion and it's you know it speaks for itself which i think was really well well thought out. And then we have our final character, got a rapid background to Liv Rooney, the fashionista herself. Liv Rooney, queen of color coordination,
1: breathing talking time capsule of 2013, you know, mid 2010s fashion. Um Obviously, like I love her style and I love the way she carries her style, even if it's an outfit that I know, you know, teenagers and young women would not wear today. She still carries it with such a grace and such a poise. And I just absolutely love that. Um, I see on one of our pictures, you have some great outfits from season four. That is probably my favorite season for live fashion. Just the way it's evolved, the way her hair is a little bit more sleek and the wave is a little bit more relaxed. I love that. Um, and it's cool. Cause even over the course of the force, the, the four seasons, haha, didn't even mean to do that. Um, Jersey boys reference in there, but even over the course of the show, you can see her, her style change with the trends and how they change, mm-hmm. Like you know from season one to season four you see a lot less cropped cardigans you see a lot less peter pan collars like um i'm looking at the outfit where she's turning to digging going you're gonna fix your hair
0: before maddie comes back
1: yeah Uh, and that's in the season two finale right Camper Ernie?
0: That's That's the fave of yours that we were referring to earlier. Yes.
1: But that outfit that you see Liv in, as beautiful as it is, like by season four, those trends are already not in, and you see that reflected in Liv's outfits. Uh, and I think that's really, really cool. Liv, especially in the beginning, really does show some of those beautiful trends that. Who knows if they will come back in 20 years but they will strike a little bit of fear into my heart like peplum tops and Peter Pan collars and dip-dyed denim and waist-cinching belts and wedges and sequins and circle skirts. And the most obvious one to me upon rewatching the show was the change actually in purses because in the mid 2010s maximalist purses were the thing. The bigger the better. We had like the Louis Vuitton keep all, which is like a massive bag. We had the Louis Vuitton never full, which is still popular, but it's a big bag. There's a reason they call it never full. <laughs> and then the other one is a keep all. It's in the Makes name. sense. You, you don't have to know Louis Vuitton to know that keep all <laughs> and never full mean big. Um, so at that point, big bags were very much on trend. Uh, And you see that with the bags that Liv carries. And then as the show goes on, the bags get smaller and smaller. Never to like an absurd level. Never to like a, what was it? Lizzo at the 2019 VMAs where she had the bag that she like held in. It became a meme. Like she had a bag that she held in her fingertips. It was that tiny. Uh, Never that small, but. Like in the picture on the set of uh, singing louder when she's in the yellow jacket, she's carrying a small bag, a bag that she never would have carried in season one. And you see it in like the little collage you made. She's got the little um, she's standing in front of her silver painted brother and (laughs) the little white number, which actually looks like something that I totally could have sold at Kate Spade in 2018 i totally could have sold that at kate spade and um and same thing with the green bag that she's wearing in some kind of christmas episode
0: yeah that's cali christmas
1: okay okay i it it is season four um so yeah seeing the the size of her bags and the style of her bags morph and shrink from like yeah let's let's have this big bag to like something a little bit smaller and more modest and more kind of simple in its construction very indicative of the time and i love that like i and especially like i worked i worked at kate spade in 2018 kind of this period when maximalist bags were dying like the our tote bags our bigger bags still sold but they sold more for commuters and they sold more for students because they could hold laptops and things like that. People were not carrying around big tote bags just for fun. Uh, If they needed to carry a lot of stuff, it turned into backpacks. Like backpacks really became a thing in the late 2010s. So I, that's the, that's the trend that I, loved watching evolve the most was actually the purses especially as somebody who loves purses like i worked at kate spade because i loved their purses so i i noticed that throughout the run of the show and i thought that was very very interesting
0: that is a very interesting point so some of my favorite outfits that I wanted to mention this one is barely there for a few minutes but I remember the first time I saw it I was like oh this is my new favorite uh the tag and gift to Rooney when it's blue and white blue and white dress this is when Liv brings Diggy back to basically to apologize to Maddie for oh it kind of looks like pottery yeah or uh, like China dish right that's what you referred to it as when we were talking about it uh the tiny house aruni tag which is the one you were just talking about uh in front of silver joey which you know a serve on his part um it's just this really nice dress with some like flower designs on it and it's another example of something i was going to talk about which i have talked about a bit already that live dresses like so nice even when she doesn't have to which again is very in character for her Mm -hmm. and i think that's again a great example of just this Visual aspect to the show and to her character that's not necessarily talked about, but it just like s- keeps solidifying her as a character and her character type. Um, there are a lot of great examples again of um, wearing Ridgewood colors, which we've talked about. Steel Rooney, Voltage Rooney, and Champ Rooney is our favorite. And Wind which did-
1: one's Steel Rooney?
0: Steel Rooney, I believe the screenshot is with both of them because they're both wearing school colors. Uh, It's pretty simple. I think it's just a teal dress with a purple jacket.
1: Oh, yeah. The teal dress with the purple cropped cardigan and kind of the pearl necklace. I see it now. Yes. That is very
0: cute. Yes. And what's cute with Maddie is that, like I said, she kind of automatically is wearing school colors most of the time because she's wearing either her uniform or like a Letterman jacket. But she's actually wearing a teal shirt that's like not a Ridgewood shirt in addition to a Ridgewood jacket. So like they're kind of matching and it's cute. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, Champeroonie, which we were just talking about, which is, again, school colors for the rally. fix your hair. Before, before maddie comes back, back. right <laughs> and whenever disneyland reopens we still need to do the because you said you wanted to do that outfit and i do I'll bring back my maddie jersey and we'll maybe
1: it. by the time disneyland reopens all those trends will be back in style
0: <laughs> yeah exactly uh and also in chamberoni the whole family is wearing redwood colors because again it's it's the big rally and stuff which is which is very very cool and Pete in in that little like purple uh collared polo with
1: the teal undershirt yes it's very dad it's very I'm a supportive father
0: it's very sweet uh we mentioned Callie Christmas and I that's one of my favorite episodes as far as Liv's fashion including her hair I think her hair looks great her hair always looks great but her hair looks great in that episode and again the fact that she is dressing in like Christmas colors because it's Christmas time you got lots of whites and reds and greens and it's just super cute uh, I love
1: another another time Liv and I are similar because during December I pretty much exclusively wear Christmas colors
0: there you go uh then my destiny outfit is great you got your white top with the blue necklace and a red skirt uh mm-hmm. and what's funny about that uh not not the first well no it couldn't have been the first time because this character didn't exist yet sometimes i look at live outfits and they remind me of disney characters uh because if if those listening don't know what disney bounding is and i've already referred to it i should have explained it sooner um Basically, you take a Disney character and you find a way to dress like them, but in casual clothes rather than like a full on cosplay. Uh, Items
1: from your closet.
0: Right. Uh, so it's like a closet cosplay. And this is what a lot of people do, including us uh, going to Disneyland because we're not children. We can't dress up in full costume unless it's a Halloween party. Uh, so it's a way to like dress up and have fun, but like still be following the rules. Uh-huh. Uh, so one time I was looking at her My Destiny outfit. I'm like, she's Disney bounding Forky from Toy Story 4. Stop it cease right now
1: am i wrong uh you're not but stop
0: (laughs) just to throw a couple more out there um in Bandaruni when she performs say hey it kind of reminds me of penny from bolt because she's got the black and white striped uh stockings and like red and black skirt and, and top and stuff and A friend of mine once pointed out to me, I think it was in prom, in the cold open of prom, Uh, it looks like fear from inside out. It's not like a houndstooth design, but like the, it's like perf, like different bottles of perfume on like a black vest. Okay. And like if you look at it from the right way, it kind of looks like that. I think I know what you're talking about. There's really no purpose to me making this Disney bounding connection. I just felt like sharing it. Um, And last of my favorites would be. The pink dress she has in Voice Rooney when uh, Tracy Okahachi, the voice coach, comes over. It's just a really, it's really nice Beautiful. And, and really cute. Beautiful. Um, do you have any favorite outfits of hers that we haven't talked about?
1: I think we talked about like all of our favorites. I love all the Ridgewood outfits. They're just so precious. I love the heart outfits, but that's because I'm a sucker for a good heart print. Like the, the Queen of Hearts outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, So those would probably be... My favorites. I love seeing her in formal wear. But then again, she's in formal wear, like you said, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I think the Ridgewood outfits are probably my favorite just because I, I love seeing her in the school colors and seeing her be so spirited. It's really adorable.
0: And we also wanted to touch a little bit upon the costume design of the characters that Liv plays. Uh, we've already talked about Skyvolt and how that is reminiscent of Raven from Teen Titans. As far as space werewolves, uh, the main thing I wanted to point out is that it's interesting how in... Oh, what episode is this? Because uh, she's in the B-plot. Forgive me, I'm blanking on the name. But uh, when she wears the costume for like a promo shoot and then she like glues her ears on and she can't get them off and she has to wear them in her uh interview with johnny nimbus uh the costume there the space werewolves costume it's slumper just clicked me it's interesting how the costume is different than than it ends up being in the in the movie itself so it like it was more like a prototype at the time which i thought was kind of cool so i have no idea how i didn't mention this in my notes because this is like one of the main things i think of when i think of fashion in the show especially live but stephanie einstein i love me some stephanie einstein that is probably my all-time favorite live look and probably one of my favorite looks of Dove just in general and it makes me think of this mirror selfie that she took maybe a year or so after the show ended that looked like I, I don't think she ever said what it was for if it was for a photo shoot or something um, but her outfit looked very much like Stephanie Einstein and it just made me smile because it made me think of that I just like love the white collar and the skirt it's I, it's super cute and I really want to do a cosplay of it sometime I don't think anyone would recognize it but uh, I'll probably just do it for a photo shoot or something find a boarding school that's not Uh, in use and take pictures in it. or heck even an
1: old church yeah like would work it it has the wood paneling um i will like the stephanie einstein look is cute but i will say my favorite dove looks which oh my god we got to see were her light in the piazza costumes yes yes beautiful and uh the hocus pocus hollywood oh my gosh yes specifically the lipstick but oh yeah
0: the black lipstick oh my gosh that Um, was a serve not I mean not only are those some of my favorite outfits as well but those are some of my favorite live performances of hers and I have to stop myself because again that will be another tangent of mine (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I will say that the yellow Clara outfit and I think what's neat about that production of Light in the Piazza is I think the outfits were different from like the original production they didn't Mm -hmm. just recreate them for this Little revival, which, that's you know, that's why you do one.
1: a revival is to bring something fresh to it.
0: Yeah. And they did the same with her for Mama Mia. The the costumes, like, while I would, like, just as a Mama Mia fan, I would love to see her in, like, the original Sophie outfit. They had different outfits for that. And I think she and the other actors in that production had some input on the costume design. And before we wrap things up, derailing a little bit from Liv, uh, Josh has this thing where he weirdly, like, tucks his shirt into his pants, but, like, only like half of it and it's just it's there's a word for it yes it is called a french tuck
1: all right i will fully say that it was not popular at the time the show was airing it was not very much of a thing however the rise of the french tuck i can almost single-handedly blame on tan france from queer eye and tan france is the fashion consultant on the show And he is a big fan of the French Tuck. So after the debut of Queer Eye and uh, Tan France becoming more and more popular, the French Tuck really caught on. And it almost kind of makes sense to have Josh do that because that was, I mean, like before it became mainstream with Queer Eye, that was a very like LA, New York thing. Right. And so Josh being from los angeles it makes sense that he would do something like french tucking that everyone else in wisconsin is like what the heck that's so
0: weird and they wanted to make him look a little out of place because this was the like outfits i'm thinking of were very early on when he was like new and getting his finding his footing in steven's point and such
1: before it became really popular um a lot of people just kind of thought it was a mistake uh i had a friend of mine who uh Like made the mistake of going up to one of his female friends was like hey your shirt isn't tucked in all the way and she was like no it's meant to do that it's a look and he was very confused and i explained him the concept of the french duck
0: (laughs) well now i understand because i i wouldn't have known that either
1: (laughs) yeah it's a thing
0: (laughs) so wrapping it back up to liv as we make a little transition into our next guest liv's hair is always on point And uh, I've already said how much I love Liv in ponytails, Liv in her little updo's and whatever, but I also love Liv's long hair. And got to give a shout out to the Skyvolt braid because that is one of the best looks. And we're going to talk a lot more about that in a second here. But uh, before we move on to that, any any notes you have on Liv's hair?
1: Um, I love it. I love how in season four, they made it kind of more of a blowout and like a less intense curl Mm -hmm. it does add maturity to her character and it fits with the times absolutely because around that time you know the brazilian blowout started becoming a thing just looser waves very like victoria's secret angel that was very in and it fits with how Liv is supposed to um like age over the course of the show because when you're younger You tend to curl your hair tighter just because you have less experience and less finesse and less technique with an iron. And as you get older, you learn how to craft your hair with those looser waves and stuff like that. So I like that little evolution in Liv's hair
2: and
0: you're definitely touching upon things that you're going to hear more about in this upcoming interview but as we wrap up this part of the interview thank you so much to katie for joining us uh she and i put a lot of research into this and we had a lot of fun we had i think three total brainstorming sessions
1: yes it was so much fun
0: yeah this has been a lot of fun to put together and i'm happy to be finally sharing it with you all so thank you again for joining us uh we already know that you will be returning for some upcoming episodes that y'all will hear about more in the near future uh but we're gonna hand it off to myself and our next guest so as i often say take it away me let's welcome our guest today he was the hairstylist department head for live and maddie for a total of 49 episodes starting with upcycle in season two Hair was especially important in Live and Maddie as Wigs were involved in differentiating the appearances of Dove as Liv and Dove as Maddie. He's also worked on other Disney Channel shows such as Best Friends Whenever, Coop and Cammy Ask the World, and Sydney to the Max, and also worked with John and Ron on the show Disjointed. We are so happy to sure. have him with us today, so please welcome Arc Anderson.
2: Hi, Amanda. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us. So to get things started, uh, tell us how you first got involved with Live and Maddie.
2: Well, um, my friend Karen Bartek had department headed of the first season and she had to leave. And I was on Sons of Anarchy and it was a grueling show and she offered me to take over Liv and Maddie and I had helped her out on it a few times and I loved the energy and And Ron and John and Betsy, the producers were amazing. And so I jumped to the chance, so I left Sons of Anarchy after the fifth episode of the last season of that show. And kind of an extreme from Sons of Anarchy to a Disney show, but mm-hmm. um, I love the energy there and it, it, um, it was, it was a good decision.
0: Yeah. Well, we're happy you made that decision. And, and yeah, I've heard such, such great things about the, the energy on set with the cast and crew and all that.
2: Yeah. It, it seriously was like a, like a real family. It was probably the saddest show I've ever, um, that's ever ended that I've ever worked on that I actually just really loved everybody there. It was just one of those special gifts um, to work on. It was starting from the top, you know, the, the energy was just awesome.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard so many great things and as a fan I I feel the same that was it was very hard to let it go but that's that's why I like to keep it alive with this podcast. Yeah,
2: that's great.
0: So, like I mentioned, I have heard that Dove had to wear wigs to help create the visual difference between hers Liv and hers Maddie, but I know she also showed some of her own hair to make it more real. So, what was that part Yeah, um, very, um yeah, you
2: know, part of the, the there were several reasons for the wigs. First of all, to, for the doubles to match, obviously, there has to, her has to be exactly the same when you shoot over the shoulder with the doubles when she's shooting. Um, she was an absolute pro. Honestly, she, most actresses having having to wear a wig 12 hours a day every day would, would complain. She never complained once. She actually liked wearing the wigs because it protected her own hair from the straight hair from from uh, Maddie to, to the wavy hair would live and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then when we did Skyfall, and she was a cheerleader on the show, that it, which that was that was my favorite season. Actually, was the third season with Skyfall because that was so much fun. But she'd go with that long braid, and then I had to learn how to do that super, super fast. And then she'd go into the cheerleader character, and then back into Liv, and then into Maddie. It was crazy, but we had the system down where where I wrapped her hair up, where we throw the wigs on and off. It was it was great, and they it looked they looked amazing, and they were they were very real looking. So.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think I would have guessed that they were wigs until there was a promo that said that
2: they used oh, yeah. for it. I'm like, Up behind okay. the scenes, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. we couldn't have shot the show in the times in the time frame that we had if it was a real hair. There was just there would have been no way.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I get how that that makes sense to use them with with Shelby and Emmy to. Yeah, like I, it's the same
2: we, person. I had another stylist just doing their wigs because it was, you know, it was a lot back and forth and they had to match as, as close as we could get them, so.
0: I'm glad you brought up Voltage because I was talking about how much I love that Skyvolt braid. That's one of my favorite uh, yeah, looks thanks. in the whole show. There's
2: a, there's, a, there's a kind of a story to that that really really wasn't a story, but the original, uh, they had the costume, but they never talked to me about how they wanted the hair. And in the original, uh, in the first episode with Skyvolt, she, she wears a hood. So they shot some stills for the promo of the show within the show of, of, of Livis skybook with a hood on. But when they shot it, it didn't really work because you couldn't really see her face. There was this hood. So I came up with this idea to do like this really cool braid coming out of the side, coming off to the side, so, she, so you'd see some of her hair, at least some of her hair, and see her face. But the, the hood covered her face so much that they just ended up pulling the hood off and just having the braid. But that was so much fun, and really, honestly, I thought of that in like 10 minutes. I was like, okay, well, I want something unique and different that no other Disney characters had. What, what am I gonna do? So I just decided to do this really long, cool braid and then wrap a braid around the braid. So it was fun. It was really fun, and it was fun to do.
0: So now we know that was your idea.
2: That was That's my awesome. idea. Fortunately, Betsy and uh, John and Ron loved it. So, and Disney liked it. So, um, you know, that was a good thing. There wasn't a lot of time to figure anything else out, honestly. So,
0: Well, I can tell you that myself and the other fans, every time my friends and I watch a Voltage episode, we're like, yes, the Sky Volt So, <laughs> yeah.
2: those, were, those were really fun to do because we the set was awesome. And it was shot like a CW show, sort of, you know, more realistic than... Mm-hmm than the the sitcom way. So the way they really made it look like a real show. It was pretty amazing how the special effects that they did and all the the green screen they did and and everything.
0: Yeah, out of all of the projects that Liv had within the show, Voltage was my favorite and the one I would most want to see if it were like-
2: It was just cool. I mean, the makeup was cool, the the costume was cool. I mean, it was just, everything was cool about it. For sure. So.
0: So what was the biggest challenge you faced on the show?
2: I think the biggest challenge was was was, you know, every week there was something whimsical and, and kind of wacky on the show that we had to come up with, and there wasn't a lot of time for me. I usually had a day or two to prep um, wigs. Um, I know that um, Linda and Heather, when they did their when they were on, and that was another one of my favorite episodes because they were so much fun and they worked so hard, doubling and learning all uh, Dove's lines for the show, and then you know they got to actually pay off for them to to be those characters right. and th- that was really fun picking those wigs out we didn't have much time for for those wigs either but they looked really cool and they were colorful and they were fun um, but getting getting the system down to switch it back and forth was probably the the most the, the most difficult but once I got that down after like the second or third episode and found a really gro- great way to wrap her hair up super fast and put the wig on that was probably the biggest challenge but I, every week that they had the producers had something fun for me to figure out or to have to go get you know or mm-hmm. or something some gag you know that, that we had to do so
0: well it's but it's it interesting fun. yeah it's interesting to hear because I interviewed uh, Chris Pulos a couple months um, ago and it's interesting to hear because he was like also very integral in creating the difference between the twins and how like, uh-huh. you guys just got into this rhythm and it just became so natural. And I've heard the same for Dove over the years and it just became second nature. Well, she,
2: she's honestly, and this sounds so cliche, but she is so talented. I mean, I don't think there's anything that that girl could not do. I mean, mm-hmm. they gave her all this stuff and on, on Sky Vault, she was six characters in one day. Uh, she was the cheerleader that turned into the skybolt, and that she was living, that she was mad, and it was just like, and it, she's just like it was magical. She just would turn it on. I mean, she just unbelievably talented. I mean, I just, just Disney knows how to pick them, but with her, they really, they really hit it out of the ballpark because she just, she just delivered every, every episode, and it was hard work for her, a lot of hard work.
0: Yeah, well, I've said this many a time on the podcast, but she definitely got the Emmy for a reason.
2: Yeah, she did. She deserved it.
0: Yes. So did you have a favorite episode to work on? It sounded like Lyndon Heather was one of your favorites. Uh,
2: Linda and Heather was one of them. Um, it was one When when, uh, when Joey was on um, um, Nimbus at night and he, mm-hmm. and, he had, and he had the cat gag, uh, or the, he, was the, he was the puppeteer, he had the puppets. Yeah. That was a really fun one. There were so many. Um, I mean, whenever Lin- Lin- Tensing would watch um, Linda and Heather on the show, we all loved that because he just really got into it and he was so believable that he was really into that show. <laughs> Um, there were so many. There were so many amazing. Um, the wedding uh, when, when um, the Skyville director married um, Johnny Nimbus. That was a fun episode. Um, so many. I mean, everyone was fun. Um, there was a pop star on the second episode. I can't remember her name uh, that came to visit. Um, and I I can't remember her character's name. Was that that Kathy was Kathy really, Can. Um, yeah, I think so. Yes, Liv's friend. Yes, they came and visit. That was fun. Um, they were all great so many so many that I that I really enjoyed
0: yeah, I can imagine it's yeah. hard to pick I I've mentioned before that I was at the live taping of Linda and Heather Aruni and since I'd been like a super fan from early on I knew who Shelby and um, Emmy were and I was I was also very excited that they were getting to yeah. show their faces for once
2: and they were so talented as well I mean they can both sing and they can both dance they can both act um and they're doing really well now um but that the, the, just just and they got along with so well with dev and i'm sure it wasn't easy you know always having to sort of be you know second fiddle but they just they were happy to be there every week and they they were so talented and they they really helped make it realistic because the reactions that that dev would have with um with live and maddie were just so realistic because they were there delivering the lines and knowing all the lines Mm
0: -hmm. well i've been in touch with them and hopefully they're going to be on the podcast soon so that's exciting
2: I'm i'm sure they would love to do that
0: yeah. I've, I've met them a few times and they're, they're wonderful. So uh, were there any funny mishaps backstage that you can remember?
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Joey, Joey, who, who by the way, has a brand new show on ABC. He's, he's just amazing. Um, yes, I just I watched it over, last night. over COVID and, and cut his hair because he couldn't get go to his, get it, no one else would come and do it. So I actually, whenever I put a mask on and cut his hair before he started that show, but um, he was a blast on set. Honestly, he didn't, he he was he was so talented and just didn't take anything too serious and he was his character was so much like him just a big goofball that um uh, so many gags and 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 uh, uh, that he would do on the set and you know do, do practical jokes to dove you know and just you know joke with the cast and like he and Tenzing had a great relationship they were always you know goofing off backstage um, like a real brother brother fun type of thing. And, and they teased Dove all the time. Like she was an older sister. So it was like, it really was like a family. And honestly, every, they were so funny. Even when we watched the scenes like five or six times, a lot of times on shows, you'd be like, oh God, are they gonna finally take one of these takes? Cause I can't watch the scene one, one more time. But every time they would do on Live and Maddie, the scene, it was just funnier and funnier, so.
0: Well, ha- having been in the live audience a few times, I I have to agree. Yeah, I think I
2: remember seeing you there. Oh I yeah?
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, yeah, Joey was always making jokes in between takes and stuff. And, he and was- Khali,
2: her comic yes. <laughs> timing. I mean, the best TV mom ever. Um, I was on a show recently and I won't say which one. And I thought to myself, gosh, they should have cast Khali because her comedic timing is so great. And she's just so funny and her expressions. And um, she just took that character and just made her so much fun. Again, she was fun to watch as well because she's just so funny in, in real life as well.
0: Well, I think the first live scene I ever saw because my first taping was home Runner Rooney. I think the first uh, live scene I saw was Joey and Kali when he was gonna take over grocery shopping and then that led to the uh-huh. the million rolls of toilet paper and all that. So yeah, they're yeah. just they're hilarious and they're hilarious together.
2: Yeah. and when they and when the house fell down on the end of third season, that was pretty amazing, too. I mean, they basically destroyed the house <laughs> and it collapsed. Um, hence, they moved to Malibu, but um, that was a fun episode as well. And a special effects and the, and the work that went into that was just pretty amazing. I mean, it basically collapsed the whole set. Yeah. It, was pretty, it was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. So uh, I mentioned there have been some other Disney Channel shows you've worked on. How was oh, yeah. Live and Maddie similar to and or different from uh, the other shows you've worked on?
2: on you no, they're all different. Live and Maddie was a very special group of people that really, uh, they all had such a great bond. Um, and it went four years. Um, a lot of shows, you know, they go two or three. Um, they were all different, you know. I loved certain aspects about each one of them. Um, the producers on all, on, uh, all the sh- uh, shows I've watched have been great. Um, I've built a great relationship with Disney. And um, I think this is my, uh, Sydney to the Max is my sixth show with them. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just keep it coming. You know, I, um, I wish Coop and Cammy had gone a little longer, that uh, Ruby Rose Turner. And Dakota Lotus were awesome to work with as well, um, but COVID kind of came in and it, it kind of threw a lot of those shows off a little bit. And Dakota's almost six feet tall now, so <laughs> it been. but um, they're all very special. They have all have their own very unique um, things about them. I have to say, *Living Maddie is probably one of the most my most favorite shows I've ever worked on, just for a lot of reasons.
0: Yeah, but, I uh, don't see why.
2: Yeah. And Disney's been good to me, and I you know I'm very very happy and proud to to work for them. They um, they have some amazing talents that they find, and a lot of times they go on to bigger and better things. And it's a great it's a great uh, jumping ground for 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 young kids that have talent, and they're very good at picking kids that that, that can can go the distance if they want to with with their talent.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Disney is lucky to have had you with them for so many shows.
2: Yeah, yeah I uh, hope hoping hoping to do a lot more with Disney. So. We'll see what we'll happens.
0: Keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you'd like to share about your experience on *Live and Maddie*?
2: Um, also, the music videos that we Do were pretty special. Um, uh, *Destiny* was awesome. Um, it was sad because that was her last performance, and we put a lot of love into her look. And um, the the wardrobe was amazing that she wore on that. Um, I made her hair extra big and extra long, and she had extra, you know, special makeup, and that was pretty awesome to shoot and kind of kind of sad you know, as well. Um, but when I watch it and I see the lighting and I see how beautiful she looks and the song is awesome, that was a proud moment as well when I, when I see those clips. Her music videos, again, we'd shoot a whole show and then have to stay five or six hours later and do a music video afterwards. Cause time-wise that's the only time that they could do it. So yeah. those were really a lot of fun as well to do.
0: Yeah. I love my destiny. I love, I, I love, I, I love Liv's hair and that, but I always, I always love Liv's hair. That's another thing yeah. when I'm watching with friends, we're like, oh, her hair is so good in this episode that we're like in this episode, it's always good. What are you talking about?
2: Uh, <laughs> a couple of times I'd be like, Doug, you need to get your roots done. So, um, other than that, um, a lot of times she couldn't fit it in, but it'd be like, okay, like, and cover it up a little bit, but we need to get your roots done. But, uh, <laughs> She was great and she's, you know, she was so professional and, and she loved wearing the wigs and never complained and that made my life a lot easier. And then the, the last season, we kind of softened her hair up a little. She wanted to look a little older and we made it a little longer and that was kind of cool because her look evolved every season a little bit. She wanted to, you know, kind of grow up a little bit the last season. So that was fun to figure all that out.
0: I feel like she spent like most of her career in a wig because with Descendants, she's wearing a purple wig. Yeah, and-,
2: and she likes it because she doesn't have to deal with it, you know, the damage on that to, to her own hair. And then the time-wise, you, you come into the trailer and the wigs are already ready to go where a lot of times the actress has her hair blown out and has to be curled and teased and hairsprayed, sprayed and so. Yeah. I, get,
0: I think Disney Channel just has a thing when it comes to wigs, because like Hannah Montana, that's like the wig is the whole like plot of the show and then Descendants <laughs> and all that.
2: I did a, a pilot um, recently before Sydney to the max started back up this fall. Um, I won't say what it was and because I don't know what will happen with it, but it was a, it was a superhero uh, pilot with a Disney show. With with a wig, and it was that was fun as well. So we'll see, we'll keep my fingers crossed and see what happens.
0: Yes, (laughs) we'll be hopeful for you. But uh, going back to my destiny, like I said, yeah, I love love that outfit, I love that scene. And I actually used a little screen cap from that and lyrics from that on my college graduation cap. So
2: that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you could, if you look really closely, she has tears in her eyes. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was was a happy, sad moment for her. She was happy to move on and and grow, but you know, that was her family. She, um, moved here um, with her mom, you know, a few years, be- about a year before the show started. And this was really her first family here in LA, that show. So it, it, the wrap party, everything was just, everyone was hugging her at the end. It was very, very sad and, but yet happy time.
0: Yeah, very bittersweet. And yeah, that's how I definitely feel about the last few episodes is that they're they're heart-wrenching, but it ends on such a strong- And then,
2: yeah, and then the beach scene when they're all at the campfire and they're all, I mean, that was just so real. Everyone mm. was sitting around, you know, talking about, about uh, it was the last show and everybody had the t-shirts on and it was that was pretty cool too
0: yeah that's I always got choked up whenever I watched that like I <laughs> I did a rewatch of the full show recently and I I'm not I'm not much of a crier when it comes to movie and tv shows but I, I cried the first time I watched it I'm like I'm gonna be fine I already know what's gonna happen I was not
2: yeah so. <laughs> that t- but it shows. was a real it was a it was a real everybody had a, a real tear in their eye with that so
0: yeah, you could tell. And that, that just added to the emotional yeah, strength of that episode. Exactly. Well, I think that's a perfect note to wrap up on. So thank you so much for joining us.
2: My pleasure. And uh, me,
0: where can we find you on social media and such?
2: I am Arik Hollywood, A-R-R-I-C-K Hollywood at uh, on Instagram. And then basically Instagram, Twitter, I don't really do that much, um, but Arik Hollywood at Instagram.
0: All right, and we can keep an eye out for Sydney to the Max. Any other projects that we should? Uh,
2: I did a pilot. We'll see what happens with that. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I, did, I worked on Punky Brewster, which comes out um, in uh, February on NBC. Uh, their new c- cable, their new cable channel or uh, online channel, digital NBC Digital, or um, I'm not really sure, but it's, Is it's that coming a Peacock. Out yes, Peacock. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And isn't uh, Lauren Donsis in that?
2: yes she is who awesome. we had some we had some some little moments because she was 12 i think she was when she was on that and she's like 16 or 17 now so i was like wow you just like grew up and it's hard to believe it. it's been four years since yeah. uh, the last season of, of live and maddie but i know yeah.
0: well that will be a way for people to follow multiple people that have been on live and maddie which is exactly is they're I, all
2: working they're all they're all doing great so
0: yes and i i love seeing people that have worked on the show working together again like that. That's
2: always Yeah, cool. yeah. And I've run to Ron and John, like you said, a few times, and um, and Lauren and uh, and Joey. And yeah, so we all come, you know, Hollywood is kind of like, you kind of run into everybody once in a while. So it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, you can follow us at Retrospective Aruni on Instagram. We have a new Twitter, which is Retro Aruni, uh, because you have a limit on the characters in that, but you get, you know, you know what it is. Uh, and Facebook, we're Retrospective Rooney Live and Maddie podcast. Give us a like and a follow. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Our homepage is Anchor.fm slash Retrospective Rooney, and we will be back in two weeks with another new episode. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you all later. Bye. Bye.